You're 18 years old. It's Sunday morning. You wake up early because you have to go to church with your family. Now, your family strongly believes in whatever religion it is that that they believe in. Whereas you, on the other hand, are questioning it. And you naturally listen to the science behind that podcast. And the phrase, stand up and question everything, is in the back of your mind. So you begin to ask yourself, well, I know that I've been raised to believe in this since a young age, but why do I believe in it? And why do other people believe in religion? Well, let's talk about the science behind that. Welcome to the science behind that with Atticus Hamilton. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Science Behind That podcast. As you heard from the intro, we're going to be talking about probably one of the most controversial topics um, in today's society, at least one of the most controversial topics I could think of. Um, And I just want to start this by saying, ladies and gentlemen, for any of my viewers out there who do believe in any type of religion whatsoever... I don't want you to take this episode as like an attack on you or something. All my podcast is, is explaining the science behind everyday life. And religion, for a lot of people around the world, is part of everyday life. So, I feel like it's fitting to explain the science behind why so many people believe in some sort of supernatural entity. Whether whether or not that is a god, multiple gods, or the belief that every object and living thing has a spirit, we're going to talk about the science behind that. Before we do that today, I want to say that I hope all of you guys had a wonderful Christmas, um, and you know, it's, it's getting close to New Year's. I hope all of you guys have a happy New Year's. And uh, before we dive right into today's episode, I'd like to invite all of you scientists out there to go grab yourself a hot steaming cup of coffee and add a little bit of maple syrup in it. Not too much, just enough to keep it spicy. So religion is a complex topic. Um, And I think the first thing I want to say for this is there's not really one... um, I guess, universal uh, consensus of why people believe in um, in religion and why people believe in gods and goddesses and, and spirits. Um, there's not one universal idea. And, and my guess is of why that is, is probably because there isn't one individual factor that causes an individual to believe in a religion. So today we're going to be talking about three different, um, I guess, possible theories for why we as humans believe in uh, the supernatural. Um, and, And one of those theories is, so two of those theories are going to be more of an evolutionary biology perspective. And of course, one of those 
theories is going to be a sociology perspective. So for any of my, uh, any, any sociologists listening and any evolutionary biologists listening to this podcast, um, stay tuned because you will like what is coming up. The first theory is that because humans have an innate ability to recognize patterns and things that are random, you know, that don't have any patterns associated with them, um, we were therefore able to associate patterns in the form of spirituality, God, or religion, any type of religion, with random events. To illustrate this, in, I believe it was the early 2000s, there was a picture of Mars that was shown to the public. It was taken by a satellite, and the picture of Mars was of a face on the surface of Mars. And for any of you guys who are interested in, in space like I am, I think you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And everybody went crazy. They thought it was objective proof that there was an advanced civilization on Mars that was building these structures to, um, to communicate to humans. But it turned out that all it was, was it was a rock formation that when the sun hit that rock formation at a certain angle, it would create a, sh a series of random shadows that to the human brain looked like a face. It was completely random. Um, there was no, it, it wasn't like a, a, a monolith built by an alien civilization to tell humans that they were there. Another example of this is if you take a series of shapes like stars or um, squares and you erase the corners and you show them to somebody, that person will still perceive them as a star or as a square even if the corners are, are erased or gone. This demonstrates our pattern recognition ability. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very advantageous trait to have because if you are able to perceive patterns in random events, you are also probably able to perceive patterns in related events, which could protect you from being attacked by an animal or could help you learn which you know berry bush to eat and which ones to avoid. And so from an evolutionary perspective, it makes sense why that particular trait for pattern recognition, um, even in random situations, it makes sense why that would be perpetuated. And so the final part of that theory is that to believe in a religion, you must be able to recognize patterns. Or you must be able to look at a series of random events and attribute a pattern to them. I'm a fisherman, and I'm sure at least some of you listeners out there are also fishermen. And any, if you ask any fisherman if they have any weird superstitions, man, you'll have stories for days. Personally, I have a weird superstition. That if I, ha if, if I want to catch a fish one day when I go fly fishing, 
I have to splash the river water on my face before I catch a fish. Now, this is called a mental set. And what is a mental set? A mental set is anything that an individual does um, because they have they they perceive that doing that thing will have a a beneficial effect on them. Another example of this would be I have a friend who um, uh, does not eat dinner before he takes exams because when he was a freshman in high school um, and in college. He always forgot to eat dinner before he took exams, but every time that he forgot to eat dinner, uh, the exam that he took afterwards, uh, he would get a good grade on. And so he's created this mental set where he doesn't eat any dinner before he takes exams because he thinks he'll get a good grade on them. This ability of us to, to create these mental sets, this highlights our ability to form patterns in places where there aren't any patterns. So how does this apply to religion? Well, I and my family are Swedish, and we come from a a long line of Swedes, and uh, we're very proud about our heritage, particularly our Viking heritage, right? For example, if you believe that before you set out to sail, before you set out to sail, you'll burn a pyre, a, a pyre of wood with a goat on it, thinking that um, that will be an, or giving an offering to the Norse god of the sea. Um, why, you ask somebody, well, why do you believe that? They say, well, because every time I do it, I get return home safely. That is, again, a mental set. So ultimately, this theory states that our ability to find patterns in random things led to our ability to create mental sets, which has resulted in our ability to maybe create gods where there aren't any, or maybe create or believe in a religious belief system or a belief system when there's no evidence to believe in that. And that's the first theory. The second theory, ladies and gentlemen, basically takes that first theory and says, well, individuals who could do that were more likely to survive and therefore more likely to pass on their genes to their offspring, right? But how do you explain the individuals in society who don't believe in anything? Atheists or humanists, right? How do you explain those individuals? The second theory says that most likely, along with the thing we talked about in the first part of this episode, being able to find patterns in random events and form problem uh, mental sets, not problem sets, mental sets, individuals, certain individuals also had higher levels of oxytocin and dopamine receptors in their brain, which would fire any time they would find a pattern. Because... Inherently, anytime our brain finds patterns, we release dopamine. But this theory says that certain individuals maybe had a mutation that increased the number of dopamine and oxytocin receptors. And so over time, during pattern recognition, dopamine was secreted, 
but in the individuals that had more dopamine receptors, they felt a stronger response towards these mental sets. Maybe over time, that was what resulted in the formation of beliefs in the supernatural and religion. And that would also explain why some individuals believe in religion and other individuals don't believe in anything. Because maybe the individuals that don't believe in anything have fewer dopamine and oxytocin receptors. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to add quickly here. None of this is inherently bad. And I don't want any of you guys to go around thinking, oh, you know, I just heard this episode of the science behind that where he's bashing religion or he's bashing atheists. I'm not. But the science behind this is very interesting. And it still needs investigation. But uh, I just hope that at the end of today's episode, you guys all walk away feeling like you've learned something new, maybe about yourselves or about your friends or about the world around you. Because that's all I seek to do on this podcast. Our final, I guess, little theory for why religion is a thing is, is, is a social a sociology theory. And this theory is more of why... A theory of why maybe people still believe in it. And the theory says that, well... If... Religious and... Very religious individuals, let's say, have higher levels of dopamine receptors... Or oxytocin receptors that... Binds to dopamine... Specifically during instances of mental set formation or... Um, pattern recognition. Maybe the belief in something is comforting to those individuals. Personally, I know a lot of people who are not part of an organized aspect of their religion, but follow it because it's comforting to them. And so this theory says that maybe along with all the other factors we talked about today, maybe the simple fact that it's comforting to people can be beneficial in a survival situation. Which, if you're wondering, well, how how would comfort be beneficial in a survival situation? If you're relaxed and not stressed out in a survival situation, you're going to make fewer mistakes than an individual who is stressed out in a survival situation. But conversely, if you are so focused on your mental set and you're convinced that, um, you know, my belief system is the way it works and, you know, we say science is not the way to look at the world, well, that's not beneficial either. So that those are the three currently, I guess, accepted theories or most popular theories for where religion comes from. Now, ladies and gentlemen, while I was looking this up, I was having a really hard time finding any actual credible information on this because most of the things were from churches and were from organizations such as such as those that were obviously biased towards one um, frame of reference. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would like you all of you guys to go away from today's episode Hopefully, learning something. Hopefully, learning of a new way to view the world. And also knowing that along with 
you know, recognizing things in yourself. It is also important to be able to stand up and question everything and to recognize bias in sources and, and places of information. But ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for you today. I hope all of you guys had a lovely Christmas and I will see you guys again on Friday with the next episode of The Science Behind That. And as always, remember, stand up and question everything. Thank you.